everyone. Welcome aboard. Thank you for joining us today. New Hope Radio. Yeah, we are ready to go today. And uh, we got a really good topic. This is probably, you know, it's like the best topic in all of Christianity. You know why? It's the focal point of human history. It's the focal point of our faith. Everything about who we are and where we're going. All has to do, here it comes, with the cross. Today I'm going to ask you the question, what does the cross mean to you? What does it mean to you? The cross of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to you? I'm sure you've seen a cross, right? You think there's anybody that hasn't seen a cross? A cross can manifest different things to different people. You know, for some, it's jewelry. People wear a cross because they like it as jewelry. Some put it on as body art, you know, tattoos. They tattoo crosses on themselves. The rock stars, they like to wear the big ones. The big crosses, you know. And um, so the cross means different things to different people. But what matters is, what does it mean to you? Many people use the cross as a symbol of coolness. You know, like you, you look cool when you have a cross. Here's what most people don't understand. People that wear crosses for, you know, adornment, and to look cool because they're rock stars. They don't understand the original cross was something to abhor. <laughs> it was a means of torture. That's what it was. It was torture. Doreen's already chiming in. The cross means my sin has been paid for in full. That's exactly what it means, Doreen. That's it. So we're going to talk about the cross today, and I think the best way to determine what the cross means to you is to determine what the cross means to God. That's a good place to begin, isn't it? What does it mean to God? And then you can determine what it means to you. Now, the Word of God is not silent on the subject of the cross, and what we're going to do today, we're going to look at seven statements that God makes about the cross, and again, Not any cross, but the cross of his son. The one that Jesus died on for us. Okay? All right. Statement number one. The cross was always in the mind of God. (laughs) Think about that. The cross was always in the mind of God. You know, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 23, that Jesus delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. You nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put them to death. What did he say? The predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. All the way back in eternity past, the cross was in the mind of God. Man, what was that like? You think Jesus knew? You think when Jesus was living life on the earth for his short 
33 years, he knew the cross was his fate, his destiny. His mission was to get to the cross. That's incredible. We talk a lot about Jesus being on the cross. How often do we talk about Jesus realizing, even as a young man, that he's going to the cross? That the whole purpose of his life was to get to the cross? Man, to me that just adds a whole nother dimension, another layer to the sacrifice of Christ. Secondly, the cross paid our debt to God. That's what Doreen said, paid our debt. Paul said in Colossians 2.14, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to his cross. What does that mean? It means that we were condemned in the sight of God. That we were born with a sin nature, alienated from God. And there was an edict against us, lost, condemned. And you know what Jesus did? He took that and he nailed it to the cross, his cross. And it put us at peace with God. Because Paul said, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So think about it. We were at war with God, okay, before salvation. And when Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood for the sins of the world, for those that believe, he put us at peace with God. That song came up yesterday, didn't it? He is our peace. He has broken down every wall. Was that the song we mentioned? I don't know. It's a beautiful song. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. He is our peace. And Jesus did that through the cross. It's incredible. Number three, here's a sad note. The cross is foolishness to those who are lost. For people that are away from God, when they see the cross, they go, that's foolish. That's dumb. What can that do? What can that cross do for me? Paul said in Colossians 1.18, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. <laughs> that's why they're perishing, because they don't see the cross for what it is. But to us who are being saved, oh, it's the power of God. Now, when Paul said the, the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, perishing, the word foolishness is the word Moriah, M-O-R-I-A. What other word do you think we get from that? What English word? How about this word, moron? Because <laughs> it means silly or absurd. M moronic. The cross is moronic to those that are lost. They see nothing of value in the cross. When we see it, we weep. When we see it, we're reminded. We beat our breast. We're humbled that Jesus did that for us. That's why you never be ashamed of the cross. Churches that don't have crosses, they're ashamed of the cross. 
They don't want to offend the non-believer. The cross is an offense. Every church should have a cross because that's the pivotal point of humanity. It's the cross of Christ. It is offensive. It is. It's not meant to be polite. It's not meant to be a nice trinket. It's an offense. The cross was a tool of torture in the first century. And, and even Paul said, I don't boast in myself, but I'll boast in the cross. I'll boast in what Jesus did for me. And he did it on the cross. So shame on those that are embarrassed by the cross. And they feel it makes the unbeliever uncomfortable. Shame, shame. The cross that mocks out our Christianity. So in this passage, we have two classes of people mentioned. Number one, those that are perishing and those that are saved. And that's about it. Humanity is divided right down the middle. On one side, those that are perishing. On the other side, those that are saved. Handyman Pete's checking in from Alabama, IA. Hi, Handyman Pete. Nice to see you today, uh, Handyman. Handyman Pete used to live up here in the area, and he was a handy man, that's for sure. Very talented man with his hands. Could fix anything. God bless you down in Alabama. So, two different conditions of the heart result in two different perspectives toward Christ. One heart is cold, one heart is warm. The cross is not only effective to the whole world, it, is all, it also has a very personal connotation. You that are saved, you know what the cross means to you. As a believer, if you are one, and I hope you are, if you're not, become one. As a believer, the cross is a means of drawing closer to Jesus. That's how we get to God. You know, when we observe communion in our Christian churches, it's always a reflection on the cross, right? When Jesus broke the bread and gave it to the disciples and take this is my body, and when he took the wine and told them to drink it, this is my blood, he was referring to the cross. What would happen to him on the cross? Oh, don't be ashamed of the cross. It's where our life came from. It's where God changed the world. It's where he changed man's relationship with him. Fourthly, the cross is the means by which we follow after Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, it's where people exchange being religious for following after Christ. See, a lot of people in church are religious, but a lot of people in church follow after Christ. Oh, and there is a difference. Oh, yeah. Big difference. You know what Jesus said after Peter tried to prevent him from uh, going to the cross? Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem. Peter said, no, no, they're going to kill you. You know what he said? Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> he didn't say, get behind me, Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. You know why? Because his mission was to get to the cross. And if the devil could stop him, oh, that's what he would do. The devil didn't want Jesus to get to the cross. Why? That would atone for the sins of man. He says, no, man, I'm taking as many to hell with me as I can. And Jesus, I'm going to get to the cross. And even Peter meant well. He was sentimental. 
He didn't want his friend to go and be tortured. But Peter didn't understand. He didn't understand what the cross was about. That's why I asked the question at the beginning. What does the cross mean to you? What does it mean to you? Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, uh uh-oh, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Huh, isn't that interesting? Deny yourself, take up your cross. That doesn't mean put on a piece of jewelry that looks like a cross. It's a life of self-sacrifice. And then you can follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Oh, but whoever wishes, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And many of you know what I'm talking about. You've you've lost your life to Christ. You've given it to him. And you know what you found? Life. You really found life. You gave your life to Jesus. And you found what real living was about. See, there are people that are living today, but they're not living life. They think they are, but they haven't given their life to Christ. So they're kind of like, I call it going through the motions, that's all. They're going through the motions of eating and drinking and breathing and all the stuff the body does. But when it comes to really having that fullness of life, they don't have it. Because the fullness of life comes from Christ. That's all. Now, here's a practical lesson. Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? He's got it all, right? Oh, he's got the houses and the swimming pools and the cars and the servants. But wait, he forfeits his own soul. What does that gain him? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And he's saying, you can have it all in this life, but you know what? As sands run through the hourglass, it's going to run out of sand. And your life is over. Oh, but the soul goes forever. The soul goes forever. That's why Jesus another time said, don't fear the one who can destroy your body. Don't fear the one that makes your life miserable. That comes against you. Fear the one that can destroy your body and soul. That's God. Only God can do that. So we want to stay close to God. And what will man give in exchange for a soul? Nothing. There's nothing of equal value to the human soul. Because the human soul lives forever. So there's nothing of equal value. So let's talk about being a disciple of Jesus. Who wants to be a disciple? Who wants to walk with the Lord and follow after him? Jesus says, that's good if you want to, but whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That cross keeps popping up in the message. We don't hear a lot of cross messages on Christian TV. No, change that. We don't hear any. I can't even watch Christian TV. Because the messages are so carnal. And fleshly. And I don't care if they're mega churches. They're carnal and fleshly. And they're not about the cross. And they're not about Christ. So what's the point? What's the point? If you're going to go to church and never hear about the cross, why go? The cross is everything. It's everything. See, 
Christianity is a life-giving experience. You get life from God and you give it to others. So you give your life in order to experience life. So Jesus is saying when you pick up your cross, you're giving your life to others, but that's when you experience real life. Right? What did Jesus do? He picked up his cross. He gave his life for us. So we pick up our cross and we give our life to others. So he says, if you want to be my disciple, you got to pick up your cross. A disciple is, is one who lives by learning, not by feelings. That's not a disciple. A disciple doesn't go through life based on responding to situations by how they feel. They respond to situations by what they've learned from God's Word. The Scriptures are the rule of life. Okay, so you see the cross, how important it is? It even crucifies our own personal opinions and brings us to a higher place with God. Number six, the cross is the road to Christ-likeness. Did you know that the goal of the Christian life is to become like Jesus? Yeah, just like him. That's the goal. That's what God is looking for. So he brings in all kinds of circumstances and situations, all kinds of events, all kinds of people. But the end result, he wants us to be like Christ. And the cross is the road that we walk. Jesus said, he who does not take his cross and follow after me, you're not even worthy of me. I'm like, oof, not even worthy. In other words, you don't deserve to walk with him. And the word worthy actually means comparable. You're not comparable to me. You're not suitable to me. See, Jesus wants people that want to be like him. So if you want to be like me, if you want to come with me, then be like me. But if you don't want to be like me, then you're not suitable. We're not, let's... You can go do your thing. Remember our journey. It's about becoming Christ-like. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, a pupil is not above his teacher. Oh, but wait. Everyone, after he's been fully trained, will be like his teacher. So if Christ is our teacher, we're not above him, but if we learn our lessons, we'll be like him. And that starts with discipleship. And if you want to be a disciple or a student of Christ, then you got to pick up your cross and walk with him. Follow him. It's a life of giving of yourself. Okay? What does it mean to pick up your cross? It's a life of giving of yourself for the sake of others. And you know what happens when you do that? It comes back. Oh, yeah. Your life will come back on you. Bigger and better. It certainly will. Solomon said it. Cast your bread upon the water. After many days, it'll return. Jesus said, whatever you give, my Father will give you back many times over. So you give him your life and you get your life back. This time it's full. It's complete. So I become a disciple when I pick up my cross and follow after Jesus. And then number seven, the cross is the reason we can live. That's the reason. 
It's why we're alive. Are you kidding me? And why we'll live forever with God. Peter finally had a recognition. Remember in the Gospels, Peter's like, no, Jesus, don't go to Jerusalem. They'll kill you. But then later on, when Peter gained understanding, he said about Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Peter, Peter's probably like kicking himself like, oh man, I almost stopped Jesus from going to the cross. Oh man, that would have been bad news. I'm glad I didn't. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Why? So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. He gives us a better life. Live to righteousness means make your life count. That's what it means. How many people in the world today make their life count? How many have a positive influence on others? How many, in some small way, are a blessing to others? I'd say that's making your life count. So because of the cross, we not only live, but we can live life to the fullest, and our lives can be a blessing to other people. Wow. We're alive. We can live for God and no longer just live for ourselves. No more selfish life. Because that's a dead end. Believe me, it's a dead end. I've been there. I live for me. It never works out. Live for others. Very happy. Very fulfilled. It's nice. It's good. So, what does the cross mean to me? It means I don't have to, number one, live an aimless life. I don't have to. My life can have purpose. My life can have meaning. I can see the value in my own existence. I like that. I can see the value in my own existence. Why? Because of the cross. Number two, I don't have to live a selfish life. Because that's a dead end. It's all about me. It's all about me. That's a dead end. Number three, I don't have to live a boring life. A boring life. What does that mean? A life with nothing substantial to do. Nothing substantial. Not a nothing. What does the cross mean to me? Number four, I don't have to live an empty life. It can be fulfilled. So that's the negative side. What about the positive? What does the cross mean to me? It means I can live a life that matters. It does matter. And if I wasn't here, the world would be missing something. It's true about you. When you carry your cross, you become very, very important to the world. You really do. Your life matters. Number two, the cross means I can live a life that makes a difference. You can make a difference. You can make a difference in somebody's life. Every day you can make a difference in a person's life by doing even the littlest things. You know why? Because you've got the Spirit of God. That's why. doesn't have to be big things. can be little things. But you're still making 
a difference. Because the little things you do for people, you know what it does? It ascribes value to them. It ascribes value. A lot of people say they don't think they have any value. And you do something for someone and it ascribes value. Hey, I do have value. They noticed me. They did something for me. The cross means I can live a life that leaves a legacy. A legacy. How will you be remembered after you're gone? You ever think about that? You should. What will be the memory of people of you after you're gone? That's called your legacy. And then fourthly, because of the cross, you can live a life that impacts the next generation. Yeah, there's another generation coming up, man. We need young people. We need young people to grow up and to know God and to be confident in Christ and to know that they have a future and that they have a hope. And we need to prepare and impact that generation. And you know the great thing about this? You can do it beginning today. You don't have to wait. You can do it today. You can start like right now. Because of the cross, decide today how you can live the rest of your life for the purpose of God. That's it. It's a decision. That's all it is. It's just a decision. How you can live your life for the purpose of God. And when you give your life to God, let me tell you, He gives it back to you. And you know, many of you know this. And it's better. It's like sending your car to the detail shop. When they're done detailing your car, it comes back. Wow. Looks brand new. <laughs> you give your life to God, right? It comes back. Wow. I feel brand new. God does a wonderful work when you give him your life. He does a wonderful work in you. So think about that. The cross, it's more than you think. It's everything. The cross is everything. Without the cross, we have no Christianity. With the cross, we have everything that God wants to give us. Don't be ashamed of the cross. Don't be embarrassed. Boast in the cross. Because that's the power of our salvation. Thank you for coming along. Don't forget about the Hope Club. NewHopeCC.tv. Click donate. Join the Hope Club. $3 a week. We'll send you a devotional every day. And don't forget, you can watch our services online. New Hope Christian Church, Swansea, Mass. YouTube and Facebook. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week for more of New Hope Radio.